welcome to 2018's Woo! Weekly Dish. Happy New Year. We are so glad to be back on the air with our producer, Hope. And I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Stephanie March. And you're sitting across from me in a very cute, still kicking uh, sweatshirt. We're Which, actually channeling. We I have know, the same color sweatshirt like complete, on. And then you had on this. Black like, pants, yeah. the giant coat, the hat. There is a uniform. And the uniform is just survival. And yep. somebody said out there, they're like, it's not cold. You're just underdressed. So I agree That's with that. That's a very North way of it looking is. at things, yeah. a way in which I admire. But when you're out there having to pick up your dog's poop and it freezes literally like as it's coming out, because you know. Oh, yeah. You really started 2018. I'm sorry. With I was a, a poop story. story. I did. I, I did. I'm so sorry. I felt like we were, I felt like we crossed a bridge. And like we'd matured. I felt like we had taken on a new step and you brought it right back. Well done. All right. You know, we've matured. Okay. New um, year, new you. New year, new you. I'm <laughs> going to be a new skinnier you. I'll just tell you that, Missy. Well, I'm wondering about, maybe you could tell me about your Whole30. <laughs> this is what I'm going to say to everybody who I know is on Whole30. I'm going to open the conversation with, hi, maybe you could tell me about your Whole30. Because we're all talking about it so yep. much. Mm-hmm. But I but did read you your a... snarky uh, feed, which, you I know, say? sometimes I read your blog and sometimes I don't. This is true. But I made sure I read it and in there I was like, and if you get sick of looking at everybody's whole 30 Instagrams. Yeah, I know. Well, the, You're just bitter. I, no, I'm not bitter. I'm just, you know, the funny thing is I do it out of love because, of course, you have a platform and people want to hear from you because you're a good experience. Like, you are a good light for what it's like to do that. I'm mostly talking about <laughs> the people who are going, oh, that soup looks good. Too bad I can't have it. I'm on the whole 30. And I'm like, then don't, I don't, that's okay. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm, okay. Our jobs are to eat. Your job more than mine. Yeah. I'm a hobby eater, uh-huh. but I feel like it's my job as much as it actually is my job. Yeah. So there's that pressure. Right. I just, I, I was, I've been sick. I know. And we were talking about this. Since fall, no, I, since I got back from Mexico, actually, because the lady that I work with, my masseuse, she told me, yeah. like, since you got back from Mexico, you haven't been right. I've had three colds. Yeah. I got bronchitis on the third one. Yep. I had a bladder infection. Like, I, this is just way too much sickness. And, you know, I'm a cancer survivor. So yeah. I'm like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. So I just thought, you know what? I am just going to do Whole30 to clean out the crap. Yeah. Fill my body with vegetables, fruits. I try think to it's good meat, not drink, because I have drank a I, lot I'm in the last two drink. months. <laughs> and, you know, normally I would be like, oh, I'll do Whole30, but I'll still have wine or whatever. I just felt like, you know what? Your body is telling you something. So clean out the crap. I do think, and I'm all for a reset. Let's be clear. I am all for, and I want everyone to feel healthy, and I want everyone to feel good, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm absolutely making sure that I'm balancing out all of the couch sitting and cookie eating that happened. And that's, you know, I think that there's something really good about that. And I, it I coincided just too this, this cold weather, like I'm not afraid to get out in the winter, No, but when it's really, really cold like this, it's hard and it's slippery. I know you don't get any like thaw. So the roads are just slippery. I'm watching people constantly trying not to fall when they're shuffling down the road. Yeah. So, you know, I know it's, it's well, and I mean, again, though, it's part of it, too, is just being stuck inside and then everybody's got their germs and everything else. And though so we we're saying that when you're compromised, you know, you get sick more often, like you're already your immune system is sort of so like, you know, beaten up. And then I think you need to sort of that's why 
you know, if you're beating up your immune system, then things are going to come at you. But I do think that there is value in saying, okay, I'm bringing back a lot of the... <laughs> I need to get the spinach. I need to get some of the good you know, yeah. collagen-loaded broths. I need to get all of this stuff back in. So for me, that's what I always love. And we talk about this, that it's not about taking away. It's about adding in. Yeah. You know? Like, I actually have been eating Yeah, probably You've more than really I was well. eating. Yeah. I'm eating a lot. Um, and I just feel like on Thursday this week, I started, I guess, on Monday. I literally... I hopped out of bed at like 530. Yeah. That hasn't happened in two years. No, that has never happened to me. <laughs> I have just felt very, I have felt much better. I have felt good. very good. Good. I will admit last night was the most boring night of my life. We watched Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir host the U.S. Figure Skating Championships. Wow. That was an epic Friday night. That was a pretty yep. good that's a pretty good reset. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to drink. We're not going out to dinner. Let's just cook. And somehow that was what we watched. That was what was on. Sometimes that's what's on. And yeah. that's what you get. But and I was that's like, okay. oh, this is just S-A-D. By the way, and I'm only going to probably say this once because I, when you have had cancer mm-hmm. and you like have birthdays, you're super thankful for them. Even when it's a 50th birthday that's coming up, you're trying to be super thankful for it because the alternative is way worse. Yeah. But there's something about like I'm turning 50 this year. And that January 1st was like, oh my gosh, this is the year. This is the year you turn 50. Like I had all these plans. I was going to run another marathon by the time I turned 50. And I just, I was like, have I traveled all the places I want to travel? Like I feel like I needed to do something to start off the year because I'm very happy. Yeah. I've traveled the places I want. Like there's nothing at 50 that I haven't felt like I've needed that I haven't done. Yeah. Which is a weird place. I'm very content. So you're happy and content. That's yes. great. And I feel good about myself and I like myself and well, I'm not, good. I have work that I'm enjoying. And so I'm like, well, I got to fight for something. Maybe just the diet will be it. Maybe the diet. Well, and that is a thing that I don't think will ever go away with you. Probably not. To be quite honest. I mean, there are people who I know, you know, who are in their seventies who are, you know, still thinking like, I always think, like, if I get to be the 70s and I'm worried about, you know, that kind of stuff, it makes me... You heard the story about Grandma DeBauer, my husband's grandma, who on her 98th birthday, we took her out for dinner. And the lady, she's sitting next to me and the waitress was like, okay, do you want fries with that? She's like, no, I'll just have a salad, thanks. Yeah, no, and I was uh-huh. like, nope, eat all I, the fries. I just said, at 98, am I going to have to still be ordering no fries and a salad? This is the thing, right? Like, I don't understand that at all. That makes me crazy yeah yeah well but you know and i do agree that there's you know there's something about resetting and organizing your life and if that's food is how you organize your life then you know reorganizing your food life is part of that like cleaning your house is the same thing as like saying all right this is the this is all spinach all week long you know what i mean i looked at my desk yesterday and within sight of my eyes so on my desk in my bag in my bag in my bag because i have six bags yes all over I had seven journals out. Oh God! Like daytimers <laughs> or planners. I'm obsessed. Like this is that's that's so actually disorganization. I know you're writing in one completely. And yet you're like, well, where did I write? And that? I like, oh, this is for that project. This is for that project. But then when I was walking in to do the show yesterday with Lori, my bag was so heavy I could hardly carry it because I had seven organizer journals that were all fresh start, all brand new. So oh my I God, don't know. You're addicted to organization. I'm addicted to fresh starts. Yeah. I love the idea of just like fresh starts. Yeah. 
and they can happen in a million ways. It doesn't necessarily happen to happen at the first of the year, but no, I wrote fact, all my goals is, down. Yeah, I'm going to read 26 books this year, Stephanie. Okay. See how much energy I have? I can't stop talking. I know. Apparently, <laughs> this will be your show. I'll just sit here. It'll be great. It's all right. Uh, for me, it's more about, I mean, my birthday's coming up at the end of the month. And so I don't really think of New Year's as the, as my like crux. It's always my birthday. Mm -hmm. And so that's coming and that because maybe because it is so close to New Year's, I sort of think like that, but I'll be 47 and that'll be just, that was a great year. Was it? Mm -hmm. And I just, uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of think about that and I just think I'm not one of those ones who's like, I don't have the, like by 50, I want to do this. I don't, I don't put those numbers, you know, into any sort of a lockdown, Apparently but, I don't either since yeah, I, I got know. nothing since, on the but plate. But I love the fact that you, but you have are, but you've reached what you're looking for. Cause if you're, if you have all these goals, what you're doing is looking to get the happiness from those things, but you're already there. Yeah. Without it. For the most part. Pretty much. I do. I, you know, going to read 26 books. That was something I'd like to do more, but there wasn't a lot like I need to do more of this or that. Right. It My was, big rejigger is about connection with people and reconnecting with people who I've I've sort of, you know, I've sort of been in a survival mode this last year mm -hmm. of just like get the things done. You Have know, you said out loud that you got divorced? I think so. OK, I think we talked about it and that I moved. I, yep. you know, I left my house of 20 years and I moved. That was the big thing. It, and we both moved in the last, what, like three years? Yeah. Two years? Like, well, yeah, mine was last year and yours was two years And we both ago. were in our houses of, you yeah. know, a long time. Yeah. And so I do think there's, I mean, in the face of a lot of change, and I do think, you know, I, I think I, I didn't really change my exercise pattern as much. You know, I'd like to do more. I want to get stronger kind of a thing. But that's, you know, something that happens you know, usually around this time of year anyway. But I do think like, you know, just sort of re- uh, looking at everything is just part of how the psychic network of everybody works right now. And the cycle of nature, right? Yeah. Like the solstice happened and you're on your way climbing back up to rebirth. Yeah. To get all like metaphysical and yeah. healers about it. And my thing, I was saying this was that I, the, the one thing that I, I, you know, that kind of dawned on me, you know, cause I did have burn party, which was, you know, the best thing, which is how we just take down the year. You just take it down, put it into the fire and let the new stuff go, you know, and like, and then you burn the stuff that's going forward and you just for the hope and you set it free. And my thing really was just like connecting back in with people that I have sort of like, you know, just sort of put on the back burner or, or uh, not really made that effort that I was able to. So one year I year. made a list of people that I wanted to have lunch with that year. Did you do it? I, I, I missed a few. Yeah. And I did it almost unintentionally. Right. Once I wrote the list, it was like they came into my consciousness and there were probably about 18 people on the list. And and when I looked back at the list, which it was last year that I wrote the list. Yeah. I was like, yeah, there's only a few people on here that I missed. That's pretty good. Just in that same trying to reconnect with people. You, you tend to spend time with people in your life that, you know, maybe they're your work people or whatever, but they're not the chosen people that you get joy from that you want to spend time with sometimes. Yeah. You have your core group, but there's... Just so many cool people out there and you spend time with them and you're like, why don't I spend more time with that person? They're amazing. I know. I know. The woman who I had lunch with yesterday, she said, she said, my goal is to not say, let's have lunch because she's like, we don't do that. She's like, let's pick a date. She's like, so that was the point was like, don't just say it because it goes out in the end and you just forget about it. But pick a date. I think my goal is to only say pick a date to people that I really want to spend time with. <laughs> Isn't that bad? No. Because I always say yes to everything. And so anyway, that's how we're starting the new year. There it is. And we're also going to be talking about trends. We have lots of trends coming up. Cocktail trends, food trends. 
We've got some guests that are going to talk trends with us. We are talking to Matt McGinn from Black Eye Roasting Company. He's got a lot of trendy things happening in his world. You are listening to The Weekly Dish, and it is presented by Red Cow and Red Rabbit on Washington, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Stephanie March. And we are talking food predictions, things that are going to be happening or things to be looking for in the new year. And What's how happening it is. on the food scene? There is a lot happening on the well, food scene. I mean, every year it's sort of like, what's going to come? What's going to be the hot food or what's coming next? But, you know, and then we kind of look back and we go, did we get that right or did we not? But it's kind of interesting to try to guess, you know. Um, do you feel like you were pretty spot on in your predictions for last year? Well, I, you know, I like to say <laughs> that I, I, like to do I, predictions. I called, I called it. I called the French thing. I did. I said, everyone was like, because I got poo-pooed by some people. I was like, no, French is going to be a thing this year. Mm-hmm. And it was because... Because with, you know, Belcour and with Grand Cafe and even, you know. The 510, I think, had some French influences, yeah, even though that only was open for was six sad. months. Six months. I know. Sorry, Don oh, Saunders. I know. But, you know, it was uh, it was interesting. I think it was a good year. I mean, for food, really interesting. A lot of discussions. It was a political year for food. It was a political year for all over. There was no thing that wasn't political this last year, I think. And right. food was right along with it with labor and, you know, uh, health care, but minimum and, wage. Yep. Tipping. That was very controversial and political. All of it. So it's interesting to see. And I'm interested to to get with uh, Jacob Fry, new mayor elect, Mr. Mayor, and see what his uh, I'm trying to get lunch with him. My let me know, because my office mate is planning his inauguration. So oh, I might really? have the inside track. OK. And he's very interested in the food scene, as you know. I, who the mayor? Jacob Fry is. Oh, I don't know that. That's oh, the point. Oh yeah, well, he he. You're RT, right up his alley. RT was Mayor McFoodie. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I called him all the time because he was so interested in the small business of food and everything else, and he was wonderful. And then Mayor Hodges did not care about food. Anything? Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. Did I say that out yeah. loud? No, she cared about one specific thing. And then it was. And then so I'm interested to see like how he fits into the mix. Well, I will try to help make an introduction if I can, but then I'm coming with. So just be prepared for that. (laughs) But I promise I won't talk the whole time. Right. I don't know how we're going to do that. (laughs) You'll be in your journalistic job. I will just be an observer. And you'll start shouting things at him. No, I'll be good. (laughs) I'll be good. But I like when you do that sometimes. I'm not Trump over here. I'm very smart, Stephanie. In fact, I'm a genius. Sad. Sad. Anyway, uh, so food predictions this year, I think I really am interested to see what happens. I was, you know, we have a lot of trend talking about national trends mm-hmm. and everything else. But locally, I think there's some stuff that we're going to see. Um, and part of that is the counter service customization thing that mm-hmm. I have out there. Because and I do think that is tied to the political landscape. If you've noticed that we've already talked about uh, Farm and Vine, which is that little place out by Richdale, which has the wine wall, you know, yes. the tap of wine on the wall. And there's beer there, too. There's three more places that are slated to open within this next year that are the same system. Yeah. North and Loop. And there's one in North Loop. And then there's one in there's a there's a Buffalo Wild Wings going in Uptown that has a beer wall. And then there's already one in Egan and there's, I think one in Farmington too. So these are coming in terms of, and it's very much like not taking your bartender away from you. It's basically just what they're saying is that people in the next generations, the millennials and the Gen Z's, they want customization. They want to do it themselves. They don't want to have 
to deal with the bartender. And they want to know the stories behind everything. That's interesting, too. Yeah. But I mean, you can't. But I mean, the deal is like they want to be able to pick what they want. You know what I mean? They don't want to like they want to do their size pour of wine. They you know maybe less or more than what, you know, a bartender would give them. And so that's part of it. But also is the labor shortage is the situation. It's more about the fact that it's harder to figure out the economics to make a model successful when you have to. Uh, I mean, Minneapolis just went up to 10 bucks an hour, I think, just like right now. Right. And so that's that's ten dollars an hour that people are trying to figure out how to come up with for all these. So they're going to we're going to see cut hours. We're going to see less service and we're going to see more counter service. One of the trends that you had that kind of just cracked me up because I had one of these the other day and I was like, what is this? Metal straws. Metal straws. They're coming. So metal straws is the idea that you can rewash the straws or are they just just like a glass? It's there's no different than a glass. It's just a it's a straw that is. So here's the deal. There's a movement because the bartenders in town and all over the country are realizing how there's like this whole thing where there's an entire island of straws, plastic straws in the ocean off of like, you know, Africa. And it was like, oh, my God, they're just it's one of those silly, stupid things. Why do you need a straw in your drink? And then why do you need I mean, to drink it, you know what I mean? But I mean, the point is that at a place where you're having a metal glass, you have a glass glass, it's a higher end place. Why can't you have a metal straw? Okay, Stephanie. And you are one of those people. You're going to tell me you're afraid of it. No. Oh. It was very cold on my lips, which was fine. That. That's how I noticed that I was like, what is this? Yeah. Um, I'm a little nervous about the washing of said straws because it's hard to wash a straw. How do you get the inside of the straw washed? Um, Just it gets into the same. It gets into a... It gets into like a Hobart, you know what I mean? The thing yeah, that is, and that will like get water through it and okay. Yeah. It'll, All right. It's not like they're washing it by hand and like getting a scrub. Yeah, because if you're drinking like a something with pulp, could yeah. there be like a little dried up nugget on the inside of there and then you're like <clears throat> Yeah. I don't think it's gonna be like that. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean I think these metal straws are gonna be they're in your cocktails, they're in you know, it's a little bit it's not like, you know, they're I think that they're uh I think that they are, it's not going to be like, you're not going to have it for a milkshake kind of a thing. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Like it's going to be, a, it's it's a movement. It's not a wholesale elimination okay. of things. All right. You know, like we're never going to see this at McDonald's, obviously. So Right. Metal straws. Metal straws. That was, I, that was an interesting one. Yeah. I think that's so. Where did you have that, by the way? Uh, Martina. Oh, yeah. See, in I think all the water. higher ender ones, yeah, are going to, and I don't think that they would use them in the drinks that have like cloggy things. But again, I don't think they're going to do that. Um, what about uh, what about the mocktail thing is going to keep going and you're you are definitely yeah. on a non drinking thing for now. Yep. But I do think someone was saying they're like, well, this was a trend last year, but this is I think we're going to see something that's a little bit beyond that. I think someone is going to open a fully non-alcoholic bar. I would think that that would be really neat. Yeah. I met these two guys and I think I told you this that have. Four non-alcoholic beers that are tasty beers, Mm -hmm. and they're trying to get those to market, and they're incubating right now. One tasted just like an IPA. Yeah. And it was non-alcoholic. Right. I was like, this is, I mean, I would totally drink this if I was at a bar. Yep. And, you know, you don't want to have the last one. You're the driver, whatever your situation is, and you can still stay for another round. Yeah. Well, and I just think people are realizing that it's not necessarily the alcohol. There's a certain set of human who's like, it's not the alcohol that makes me fun and have a good time. It's the ambiance. It's the it's the dressing up. Yes. It's, the, it's the people I'm with. And so when you do that, 
I mean, you can pull that out of there. I mean, my God, you don't have the licenses they don't have to have. The insurance the bar doesn't have to carry. Like the costs for operating a something like that goes way down. And then you're also kind of cultivating a more sophisticated set of people who are not just a bunch of drunks, which I am in the drunk section, just to be clear. But I like the idea of there being a place for people who are just like, we're not going to drink, but we still want to have a social experience. Yeah. And it'd be good if like it was mocktail bar, cocktail bar, or uh, coffee bar, like tea bar. Like you could yeah. just put all of that stuff in a cool place yeah. where people but could make hang it out. an upscale thing and, yeah. like, and then bring the food along with it. And I think there's this thing, I'm trying to get a bottle of the seed lip which is this new spirit. It's a distilled spirit, but it's non-alcoholic. Huh. And so that's a big thing that's going to come around this year. Who's making it? It's. I think it's out of England. Okay. Yeah. So that's why it's not, I haven't found it locally yet, but I, I'm looking for it. Um, another trend I think that is coming or, you know, it's actually here is, you know, like crepes. Everybody's drinking crepes. <laughs> You're eating crepes. And it's just not, that's just one of those weird things that I think is, although the magic pan is closing. And <laughs> I know. And they have the best crepes. <laughs> I know. Um, but one of the other things we talked to, this is a big thing too, is in terms of seeing what, what the evolution of something is the um, wine in cans. I mean, we've been talking yep. about wine in cans and wine in boxes and juice boxes, but this is literally the wine is the wine industry is getting disrupted, you know, as they say right now with all of this stuff. And it's the best thing that has happened to the wine industry in my mind because they've completely turned you know, they're starting to re- realize that you can't be snobs and be like hold on to your like you know sort of a fetism and then court a new base right and they've got to do something you know so well and i also think these millennials are drinking more wine than anyone else and yeah. they're like why can't we have this in cans like can we have this in cans why don't you make it in cans and they're like oh millennials are drinking all the wine put it in cans put it in cans dear god <laughs> yeah i know it's so true um, and then the other thing, another thing we're talking about is uh, there's going to be a lot more of the vegan, you know, exploration, yep. and that's going to be great. I did try the Impossible Burger, you know, at, that they're serving at, at Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen, and it was really good. Okay. That's amazing that you just said that was really good. Yep. Regulars of the show know that you're not a huge fan no. of imitation food. No, and I'm a big, huge burger fan. I have my birthdays at Lion's Tap. You know, I totally feel that this is something very interesting and it looks it lo- it it looks like a burger and it has like that little bit of red it can if you cook it the right way it has like a great sear it has like a good crumbly texture and it has like a little bit of pink on the outside and I was like it's shockingly good what was it made out of it's made out of um there's like it's like proteins yeah there's a little bit of coconut they, they, on the internet they talk about it as the bleeding burger i didn't see it bleed it juiced i could see the juice and that was a coconut oil yeah and that was nice but that wasn't why i wanted it you know but i mean the pink is from this it's from heme which is like a hemoglobin which is like it found in every living thing that they get from fermentation it's all natural it's scientifically created but it's all natural do you understand Yes. Like it's separated Him. molecules and things are put together, but it is definitely from all plants. So. All right. I know. Uh, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to talk with Black Eye Roasting Company that is part of the food trend of canning things and non-alcoholic things. And Well, coffee is no longer just a cup of coffee. No, it isn't. So folks. let's talk about We're that. We're going to tell you about that when we come back on the Food Trends Show. You're listening to The Weekly Dish presented by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Stephanie March. And we are here with Matt McGinn. He is the founder of Black Eye Roasting Company. And you are on University Avenue, but you are way more than that. You are everywhere. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. 
Let us talk. Uh, we were talking before the break about non-alcoholic things kind of being on trend this year. And nitro coffee is a huge trend. And you've been really on the forefront of that in the Twin Cities. What You have so many things going on. You've redesigned your cans. Tell me about what's going on with Black Eye Roasting Company. You've got a new chocolate version and nitro cold brew. Tell people what it is because they still don't know. So nitro cold brew is like, think of a Guinness when you crack open the can and you pour it, it cascades like a Guinness, but there's no alcohol. It's just coffee. Mm-hmm. And cold brew is really cool because cold brew is less acidic than hot coffee and twice as caffeinated. So it's got the same pH as water. So you can drink it without feeling the same kind of like stomach ache if you have too much, too many cups of coffee. Uh, it doesn't hurt your teeth. It's good for your enamel. Um, and it's just generally smoother and less bitter than iced coffee or hot coffee. And do you just, like, you just cracked open a can. Do you just drink it right out of the can? Are yeah. you supposed to drink it on ice? How do you see people drinking it most routinely? So, I mean, Black Eyes' vision is to kind of be an energy drink alternative, a healthy energy drink alternative. Got it. So you can drink it right from the can or right in the, you know, the cooler right next to your, you know, your Starbucks double shot or actually your Red Bull or, or Monster Energy. Um, we're an energy drink alternative because we have more caffeine than an energy drink, but it's natural. and We don't add energy additives. Um, and we're generally lower calorie and lower sugar than your monster Red Bull. And you are with the regular cold brew. Is there any sugar in that? Uh, no, there's no, no added sugar, but you're introducing new flavors. So correct. Tell us about those. Yep. So we have a white chocolate flavor and a nitro cocoa flavor. Um, the white chocolate flavor is kind of similar to the Starbucks double shot, except it's a third of the calories, a third of the sugar, a third of the carbs. Nice. Two times more caffeine. Okay, nice. Um, It's smooth. It tastes like a white mocha from your favorite third wave coffee shop. (laughs) Um, The nitro cocoa is the same thing, except it's like a mocha. So it's more chocolatey. Um, Once again, a third of the calories, a third of the sugar, a third of the carbs of a monster Java. And you've been in this coffee game for a long time. Yeah. How did you like decide like, wow, this nitro cold brew is going to be the thing that's going to propel me into the universe? I took a gamble. I like to roll the dice. Uh, <laughs> four years ago, we just, I, you know, I started this company in my apartment. I found my first investor on Craigslist. He chipped in six grand to get us a design and some legal stuff done. Then we went uh, and bought, he bought us a coffee shop, Quixada Coffee in Highland Park, St. Paul. It had a commissary ki- kitchen in the basement. So we actually launched Black Eye out of the basement. We used the cash flow from the store to fund Black Eye's first kind of round of getting the bottles to the, into the market. We yeah. rented U-Hauls to get the bottles to the market and dropped them off at a couple of co-ops. Our families chipped in. From there, we grew out of the basement into a brewery in Minnetonka at Lucid. And then from there, the big boys kind of stepped in and put us in our place with, <laughs> with, with investments and getting all the other cooks out of the kitchen and kind of directing us and leading us. I had some good mentorship from people in the distribution aid, uh, world. So. And, and you're fully cemented in this world now in the Twin Cities. Where can we find uh, your coffees? You can find Black Eye um, at every single holiday, gas, uh, Super America. We're in all the high V's. Um, you're going to start seeing us in all the Cub Foods, Targets around the regional area. Um, and this is a little, you and I talked, I guess it was about a year ago, probably um, on the Makers of Minnesota podcast mm-hmm. that I do. And it feels like you've kind of made a little bit of a shift here in strategy from, 
you had kind of a can that was more like the size of a beer can. Now you've got the long, tall, slender can kind of more seems focused towards that energy market. I'm assuming that's been very intentional on your part. Yeah. So we have the black seam and a black matte can. Uh, we actually shrink wrap our cans. So we have multiple varnishes on the can, which is pretty cool. So if you see this in a shelf, most cans are printed. Uh-huh. Um, and when you print a can, you can only have one varnish. It's usually like a metallic varnish. With a shrink wrap, you can manipulate the varnishes. So we actually have three varnishes on our can. We have a matte black base. We've got high gloss clear, and we've got matte white clear, and then a metallic. Yeah, it's pretty cool so packaging. The flavors really pop when you see all three of them next to all the other beverages in a cooler. You can gravitate towards them. Eventually, when we have multi, you know, more than three skews, a whole cooler will be the matte black, and then we might introduce some matte white in some inverted colors. Has it been hard to get into local stores? Or yeah, I mean, like, I mean, a lot of local makers find that there's, you know, it's a they think it's going to be no problem just to like, you know, have all my local stores carry us because they'll know us. But then they find that there's deals and there's, yep. you know, things. There's, yeah, it's hard to so break in. I was brought up in school of hard knocks, but my mentors were all in the distribution uh, world, big time. Oh, good. Uh, distribution world. I mean, Budweiser. So we, yeah. I got mentorship from them, and I kind of learned the ropes and how to. Get past those barriers. Yeah. Um, and for us, it's not been hard getting into local stores or national stores. Uh, I put our cans down in front of a buyer who decides for 2,000 accounts, and the cans speak for themselves. He's like, these are the best-looking cans I've seen uh, presented to me in the cold brew yeah. world, and let me try it. And then he cracks it open, and it's the best liquid he's tried. We spent three years perfecting the liquid. And the di- difference from us and most people is that we have shelf-stable cold brew without preservatives. Mm-hmm. So we figured out how to huh. take out the preservatives and make it 100% shelf stable. Yeah. And so what we can do is we can distribute it in any dry truck. So it can it wow. does not need to be kept cold, yeah. which almost every cold brew company in the country has to keep it cold. Has to keep it cold. So that opens the doors for us with distribution nationally. We're talking with the very smart Matt McGinn from Black Eye <laughs> Roasting Company. I, I as I'm talking to you, this is when we did our podcast together. When you left, I was just like, wow, that kid is smart. <laughs> and and you're also, I think, smart in a way that appeals to me because it's smart through making mistakes and through learning. Can you think about like something that you did when you were starting your business for where you're just like, oh, I would never do that again. I can't believe how stupid I was. Yeah, we bought. I mean, I've bought some stupid stuff. Like equipment. Equipment. Yeah. Uh, I bought. Uh, this thing so I could prototype bag and box. I mean, it sounds great and like we're going to use it, but we haven't used it yet. I bought it three years ago. It was like seven grand. Another thing we did that was stupid was we tried to scale up our caffeine before we retorted our coffee. That actually cuts our caffeine level in half, which is great because our caffeine in the old cans or like 500 milligrams per can. That is way too much caffeine. Yeah. People are having half a can. And like, yeah. Like, and being like, woo. Yeah. So this is 260 milligrams, which is like much, it's a lot, but it's much more reasonable, you know? Right. You can have two of them and that's your caffeine intake for the day. Yeah. Uh, instead of a half a can. Uh, but anyways, we were like, how do we get this, this caffeine level down? So we tried blending decaf coffee. And so we did decaf cold brew and we, instead of doing like a five gallon batch, we did a thousand gallon batch and it tasted so bad. (laughs) The the science, I'm not going to get into the science of decaf, but decaf puts off this oil when you do cold brew and like in a small amount, it's, you could do a pound of decaf coffee cold brewed. You can do a gallon and it would taste good, you know, and we did. But when you do anything past, it looks like 10 gallons. You could literally see your face on the liquid. It was like oil. Oh, and, And we were like, 
Ugh. Oh, man. This is bad. Bad. So, a thousand <laughs> gallons down the drain. Oh. You know, that was like a dumb mistake. Like, yeah. I have a food scientist now. He would have been like, Matt, as your food scientist, I advise I, you I would not you. to do that. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah. So, just stuff like that. I mean, we've thrown a lot of liquid down the drain. You know, I'm because sure. if it doesn't taste good, we don't we don't put it out. Right. Um, what when you look at other uh, trends in coffee, mm-hmm. there one of the trends I read since we're talking about trends today is that the pour over is over. Mm-hmm. I know you kind of started the pour over in the Twin Cities, as I recall. What do you think? Is it over? Um, I think. Yeah, I think. I think it. You know, I. I people are going to still do it. I mean, there there's so many coffee shops. Yeah. Opening and. Pour over is always going to be kind of a staple, but a lot of coffee shops just did pour overs for a little bit and didn't do batch brewing. And uh, I, by no means, was the first pour over guy. So yep. I don't want to get called out about that. I was, yeah, I was going to uh, say. <laughs> um, but we we actually, when we took over Quixotic, Quixotic only had pour overs. Yeah, and, brought, and I think that's why yeah, I that's first why encountered it. it yeah. And we brought in batch immediately, and the the, the store turned pro- profit yeah. for yeah. the first month after I just we brought think, in batch. Yeah, doing one thing yeah. like that is really. What's. Uh, the Bunsen, the Chemex, the, the, um, oh my God, I'm blanking, but it's the hard. siphon brewing yes. is what's really hot right now. And it's, it's, there's the, what's becoming the fourth wave of coffee. So their third wave is like, you know, you know, especially coffee shops that have pour overs mm-hmm. that focus on a, a craft roaster, usually not doing big company roasting. Um, and a lot of these, but since so many of these like kind of instrumental coffee companies have gotten bought out by the big boys. Yep. They, there's now a fourth wave of coffee. Tell so me about that. It's kind of like craft beer versus independence, right? There's yeah. so many of these craft breweries getting bought out by AB InBev mm-hmm. or Miller Coors. And so like a lot of them want to differentiate the independent movement from the craft movement because mm-hmm. independent means they're not owned by a big boy. Right. Um, and their staples aren't brewed at, you know, mm-hmm. an Anheuser-Busch facility. So same thing with coffee. You have these coffee shops doing like siphon brewing and, and doing cold brew on tap and a lot of beverages on tap. And I think a fourth wave is developing. It's even more specialized because now with Starbucks reserve and like they're in like Dunkin' Donuts is doing nitro in some of their stores. Mm-hmm. And so is, um, caribou. So you got to differentiate. There's now coffee shops beginning to be even more niche, niche. Yep. Yeah. with siphon brewing, cold brew on tap, nitro cold brew on tap, kombucha on tap. Um, black eye does nitro iced tea on tap. It's got a lot of crazy beverages that we throw on tap. You have um, an iced tea. That's that's cool to know. All yeah. right. Well, learning about coffee this morning from Matt McGann, Black Eye Roasting Company. You can find his nitro cold brew, as he said, in Holiday. Um, it's in the black can. We'll just say that. It's, it's a, a beautiful can. can. Man. And we really wish you a lot of success. You're a Twin Cities guy, and uh, you're just on the forefront of what's happening in the coffee scene, dude. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Yeah, get jacked up. You're, you're listening to uh, The Weekly Dish with Red Cow and Red Rabbit as our sponsors today, and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Guess what? It is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, gang. So if you want to give us a call, 651-641-1071, um, and let us know what you are thinking about. Uh, you can also send us a little note on the old Twitters, you know, to at Steph March or at Stephanie's Dish. Uh, and you can send us emails as well. My phone is not working. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is. But yours is. So that is a really good thing. But yeah, if you have any questions, you want to tell us a little bit about successes and fails of your holiday. You want to ask a little bit about, uh, you know, what's going on in the world, where to go eat, where to go work out, where to go have a salad. We can do that. Where to go have a salad. Uh, Rebecca wants to know on Twitter, why is Tucci closing? Tucci Benucci, um is closing. In and the, Magic Pan. Yeah, they're both closing. I, I don't, I'm not 100% sure if it was the, if it was the, um, 
the lease was up finally or if there was and they had just decided that 25 years is enough. Um, I'm not sure if it was the lease situation. They just decided not to re-up or if it was something. It feels like if the Magic Pan was closing, too, that the mall has plans for that area. And Perhaps. they probably Grill is staying, though. Yeah. So they're probably going to I think I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I didn't see what it said, but they're definitely um, I mean, I would think that there's something going in there. So six five one six four one one zero seven one. If you want to call in with your live question, yeah. Here is uh, one that came in on Facebook. Okay, which which restaurant would you recommend for the best chimichanga? One in Minneapolis or St. Paul is fine. We have memories of the one from Chili's or excuse me from Chi-Chi's covered in a gravy sauce. The chimichanga. Uh, I don't Chi-Chi's, have a Did you ever eat that? No. Okay. It, I don't remember it. I it don't was have a it in fried my burrito. Yeah. And it was good. It was filled with like meat and rice. And they, instead of having like an enchilada sauce, which is what a lot of chimichangas have now, it had kind of a gravy, like a sausage gravy almost. Yeah. And it was good. Really? Yes. Okay. But you always, I mean, it was like it a, was a total Chi-Chi's gut bomb. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a Chi-Chi's thing. So I did a little research because I'm not going to lie. I had this question before. <laughs> You're uh, kidding me. No. <laughs> but because I, I answered it earlier in the week. Oh, my God. Are you dying that you don't know this? Yeah. Okay. It is. They have uh, little Tijuana's has the chimichanga. Also, Taco Riendo has a good chimichanga, and La Loma has it, but only on Wednesdays apparently. And they all don't have that gravy. They all have an enchilada sauce. So it's a that gravy was thing. a unique okay, thing. Got it. Oh, you know what? Oh, okay. Is it so? The gravy is a special thing. The gravy, the that it was gravy versus like an enchilada sauce is what the special thing was. Okay, I will tell you that Book Club, the new Kim Bartman uh-huh. restaurant in Asher Miller, over on uh, you know in the old Cafe Mod space, mm-hmm. they have a deep fried burrito like this. Okay, and it's filled with uh, artichokes and cheese and beautifulness, and it's lovely. I don't think it has like a gravy sauce, but I don't know if that matters. It comes with a really great smoked red salsa. Oh, that sounds great. I know. That's I the, loved that. the chimichanga. I didn't know that that's what that was. Yes. Dang. All right. We have Brian on the air, and he's got a question about the coffee cans. Hi, Brian. Hi. How are you? Great. Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, he mentioned they use varnish in the process of the cans. Is that Are the cans then still recyclable? They are recyclable. I'm looking at them right now, and I see their recycling moniker. Against all the other uh, types of drinks. So, Yep, it is recyclable. It says right on the can. Thank you. All right, thanks. Um, That is the Black Eye Roasting Company's cold nitro brew that he was asking about. Yeah, Um, that's pretty good. 651-641-1071. Here's a question. I heard the replay from earlier in the month. Yeah. And you were talking about whole fish because when we were gone for a couple of weeks, they played some replays. She said, I discovered it's Greek to me this past summer. Not only do they have the nicest patio in town, which they do have a great patio right in uptown there, but she had the whole Branzini and it's the best fish she's ever had. Uh, she said new owners took over and it's a new place to check out. Okay. Um, Branzini is something they serve in Italy and in Croatia all the time. You're going to see whole, you guys, whole fish is a trend that's happening this year too. Many chefs this year are trying to get us all used to whole fish. And I think that's a great idea. We did have a caller, it looks like, who was adding on to the metal straw trend. China is trying to switch to metal chopsticks. Oh. So. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. I love that. Uh, Raquel is on the line and she's got a question. Hi, Raquel. How you doing? Good morning. I um, am looking for suggestions on the west side or someplace downtown for about 20 people on a Saturday. 
like brunch, but there's a lot of brunch on Saturdays or I guess brunch buffet. I don't know. <laughs> is it like Wait. a shower or what are you doing? Um, they're going to be in town for a baptism. Okay. And so, so we're just, I'm hoping for like $12 or less per person, but I don't know. Did I miss <laughs> like a so, lot of options I don't feel like on a Saturday. And so in Minneapolis or West Side? West Side, St. Paul. West Side, St. So like Paul. either downtown across the river I got or this. like on, um, you know, West Side. I got this. You got this. Downtown or cafe. <laughs> they have oh. a back room. They will mm-hmm. do like you can have like an egg like egg buffet like chafing dish kind of thing, or they can you can have a set menu. Uh, mm-hmm. Call Mo over at the Downtowner Cafe in St. Paul. Tell oh, them you heard it on grill? the Weekly Dish. Yes. Oh, that's really a great place, and okay. they'll do a great job for you. Great. You said call Mo. Yeah, that's Mo the owner. Okay. Tell me you heard about great. it on the show because he keeps thinking about sponsoring it, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so that will help. <laughs> great. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, okay. okay, so I had that one for you, Steph. Right, that was me. I literally was like, Westside St. Paul, duh! 651 To we, be fair, did, El Burrito Mercado could probably do something I for was going to say El Burrito for They've sure. They've got the side Okay, room. we did have another caller who's asking, any restaurant that would deliver soup or something soothing while being sick? I just think you bite squad the heck out of that stuff. Yeah, fuck. You know what I mean? And just get some pho. Yeah. I had some pho at Bep Eatery. If you're at all in Minneapolis, like those guys are the best pho in the Skyways, you know. And then I had ramen the other day at, and they won't take it to go. Sorry. I actually forget that. Never I'm mind. upside down in Ifa Sagan and they do a lot of takeout business. Oh, yeah. And they have like the condiments on the side and you get the broth and then there'll be another container that'll have the noodles. So yeah. they I just... love, yeah, I love the fact that they are smart enough to not, you know what I mean? That you get to have the broth on the side and most yeah, of the places I like that do too. that and the bite squad kids know that too so so there you go yeah if you're and there's so much flu and cold going around load up on your fuck i people. would say also like if you can when you're feeling good right if you are feeling good right now just freeze a bunch of soup man yeah do freeze it. it up we'll be right back with hour two in just a minute